Thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLeMans.com. The Master MX-5 Cup on RS3. Part of the Radio Show Limited Network. Thanks so much, John. We are here at Sebring International Raceway this weekend for the Battery Tender Global MX-5 Cup Challenge presented by BF Goodrich. $50,000 on the line to the race winner. $20,000 going to second place and ten grand going to third. So that's some quick math. $80,000 the folks at Mazda have put up on the line. And it's a bit of an interesting format this weekend. Two races are going to be what determines that overall event winner. So you can have a great race in round number one, but if you can't follow it up in race number two because it's a low score, it's the average that wins the weekend and that $50,000. So uh, it's not your typical qualify and go out and run like heck for 45-minute race format. It's two 45-minute races, uh, but first we must set the starting grid for those races. Qualifying on the track now, and uh, as you guys have been listening to John all weekend long, it's the Michelin Encore that IMSA is putting on this weekend and us here at Global MX-5 Cup are just happy to be in town this weekend to settle the $50,000 question. Oliver Askew, as John talked about, joins me up in the booth. And Oliver, uh, you know this track pretty darn well coming from uh, just down the road. Jupiter, Florida is where you call home. And you've got quite a few laps around Sebring International Raceway. We talked about right before the session. You've been here several times already this summer uh, working as a driver coach for several different programs. So I guess the first question is, what do you need to do to be fast here at Sebring? Yeah, thanks, Tony. Thank you for having me. Um, absolutely love watching MX-5 racing, so excited to be here um, watching the, these these cars go around um, here in qualifying. So, um, yeah, as you said, I've been here a couple times, um, whether it's working or testing. I only live an hour and a half away. So, um, yeah, first of all, I mean, big passing zones like um, turn 7, turn 10, turn 17, and also heading into turn 1. Um, it's a very bumpy circuit, kind of old school. Uh, we have a, a bunch of different different sections, um, a very good mix of everything on the track. So, um, perfect ra- perfect racetrack um, for these MX-5 cars. I think that's a great way to put it. And, and your summation of it being a perfect track is very similar to one of the competitors that's out on track right now, John Dean the second. He's a local. His shop, Six Sideways Racing, located literally four miles from where we stand here at Sebring. And he was quoted as talking about this track really being the perfect track. You've got lots of high-speed, long straightaways that are great for drafting which in these big full-bodied cars is very important, like going down the back straightaway heading into 17 or coming out heading to turn one. But then you also have some really technical sections, uh, some corners that just boom, left, boom, right, right into each other. Uh, so it's very challenging, and you can't just come here with a you know a really good drafting car with lots of horsepower, and you can't just come here with something that stops good and has lots of turning. You need to have a little bit of both. Uh, so even though I don't think you've probably driven a, a car with fenders here at Sebring, have you? I have not. Okay, so any anything though you drive out here, the principle is still the same, and everyone knows at Sebring you got to respect the bumps, as you talked about already. Well, 17 looks to be the roughest as the green flag flies here. Paul Blevin, our chief starter from IndyCar, uh, turns them loose, so the outlap is complete and the green flag flies. But everyone sees that shot of turn 17 where they're coming out of now. Is that the roughest part on the track, or is it just look like that because you're carrying so much speed, you're in the wheel for so long? What's your opinion? What do you think is the most physical part of this racetrack turn 17 is definitely the roughest part of the track um and um turn one i'd say is, is a is a close second um in, in that perspective 
Um, so yeah, for sure. I mean, you you can't really, like you said, you can't really set up the car for um, a, a certain part of the track. You know, you have to have um, a good balance of hard braking, uh, good high speed high speed um, stability. Um, yeah, as, as you said, turn 17, definitely one of the bumpiest tracks, or sorry, one of the bumpiest corners on the track. And you you really just have to drive the thing and and set, settle the car on the rear on the on the rear with the throttle and um, and make sure you get um, you get the wide exit coming onto the front straightaway. Yeah, absolutely. And like we talked about, I think no matter what kind of car you're racing, you're a lot of those exact same fundamentals really you know apply no matter whether it's a fendered car an aero car open wheel whatever it is we're taking a look right now at the number 23 that's the virtual to reality car driven by glenn mcgee and the short story on glenn is he was actually just a gamer a couple of short years ago uh he raced on a lot of the simulators that you guys as drivers oliver used growing up uh, i racing of course being the most popular you can see the logo right on the door of his mx5 cup car number 23 and through some online challenges and shootouts and competitions he won his way into mx5 cup competition and so a guy that was in his basement playing video games just a few short years ago is now essentially a pro level racer out here competing for big money uh, at this global challenge weekend again 80 grand 50 going to first place uh, 20 going to second and 10 grand being paid out to the guy that finishes third after both races again it's a combined uh weekend not just one race so there was a live look as they come uh they're heading towards turn 16 right now and glenn being a guy that didn't grow up racing go-karts you know he didn't grow up doing the same thing that you uh, or most other race car drivers did he grew up you know doing it with the joystick in his hand or the steering wheel rather you know he talks about the benefit of the sims and i think you can relate to this is that yeah you might not have the same physical feel as driving a real race car on the bumpy circuit like sebring is but it's all the mental cues. It's all the things that you need to do right in your head and then communicate it to your hands and feet. So, uh, you know, he hasn't raced yet this season, uh, part of the MX5 Cup championship year, but he's here this weekend as a virtual to reality guy. He has a lot of the same abilities these race car drivers do, but he's picked them up in a totally different way. I racing a big asset to drivers like yourself as you learn tracks that you haven't been to before. Yeah, I mean, as you say, um, I've never driven one of these cars before, uh, but I have driven it on iRacing. It is my absolute most favorite car to drive on, on iRacing, um, especially to race in. As you see cars uh, dropping two tires out of turn one there, that's very, very easy to do. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the, the tight racing is, is super fun, um, you know, and especially in iRacing and, and, and in this series here. So, um, yeah, I mean, as time goes on, technology is, is developing, and, and these simulators are getting more and more um, advanced and, and we um, you see a lot of drivers growing up um, learning on, on the iRacing simulation and then um, bringing that experience into into the MX-5 Cup and being on pace right away. It's really cool to see. So after one outlap has been completed and one flying lap, the second flying lap underway right now, Nico Rieger, currently the quickest driver, one car off, and it is the 01 Nico Rieger, right as I call him out for being the fastest car on track. Car's taking evasive action all over. That's right out of turn seven, correct? Yeah, that's the uh, that's the hairpin at turn seven. There, I, I didn't I didn't catch what happened. There may have been contact. Yeah, not sure. And when they're in a big pack like the way they are right now, it's not a surprise that sometimes that can happen. Uh, but Rieger in the zero one had just laid down the fast lap of the session with a twenty nine point three two one. Todd Lamb, uh, he's one of the older guys in the field. He just won the Masters division you could call it this year he won the mx5 cup championship back in 2009 he's currently second quick sparky nathaniel sparks another local here to sebring uh, he just picked up the third fastest lap andy lally that's a guy who folks that are here watching the michelin encore know a lot about andy lally obviously a very accomplished sports car driver 
He's currently fourth quick. And then Brian Henderson in the number 95 rounds out the fast five. Speaking of Andy Lally, Oliver, you and him share something in common, that Team USA scholarship. And uh, I know you just wrapped up another season on the Mazda Road to Indy as we keep an eye on cars going around the track here. Um, a successful year for you guys when you walked up the championship two seasons ago. A little bit uh, turbulent season in pro Mazda. But anytime you can come back to a racetrack and, and hang out, it's always fun. I know you're here this weekend supporting your friend Kyle Kirkwood, who's running in the LMP3 category, um, and just wrapping up another year racing for yourself, I understand. Yeah. Um, as you said, in 2016, I was a Team USA scholarship driver um, in Jeremy Shaw's program. Um, it was it was really my, my introduction to um, to uh, open-wheel motorsport uh, coming from karting. So that was, my, that was my big break there, and I was extremely fortunate to have that opportunity. Um, so that was in 2016. I went there with a good friend, like you said, Kyle Kirkwood, who's racing here in the LMP3 um, category with Ansa Motorsport. Um, so, yeah, and, and as you said, there's, there's, there's other drivers here that, that have gone through that program, and it's, it's great to see them and to, to have something in common. Um, we just had our... Um, uh, our, our, our most recent Team USA recipients, um, Jake Craig and Colin Mullen, who did very well in England um, just a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, absolutely. And Jeremy Shell, that's, of course, his program. Uh, I'm excited. We're going to have Jeremy uh, on the mic with us for these pair of races. Uh, the first one happened a little bit after 4 o'clock this evening, and then the second one taking place early tomorrow morning. As we look down from the tower here, uh, high above the start-finish line, the 0-1 of Nico Rieger in the pits, his slipstream performance mechanics uh, pouring over that car. We've also got a technician from BF Goodrich Racing taking a look at the car. Nico's dad now over the wall. Uh, so damage to the left front of that car. There's a good shot of it right there. A couple guys on the left side of that MX-5 Cup car working on it, trying to find out exactly what the issue is. A pair of 30-minute practice sessions kicked off the weekend for our drivers in Battery Tender Global MX-5 Cup Racing. Now a short 20-minute qualifying session that we've already eclipsed the halfway mark. Uh, John Dean, the second quickest driver on the track, Oliver. Nico Rieger, he might be in the pits now, but he's second quick. Yeah, I can't help but notice a lot of these cars starting to drop tires off here, a um, couple tires on the exits of, of a lot of these fast corners. And um, from my experience racing on this track, or, or not, not racing, but, um, but practicing on this track, whether it's in a Lucas Oil school car or a Skip Barber car back in the day, um, this track tends to become very, very greasy um, in the afternoon. Um, in the heat of the day, um, it's 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 very hot here today. So I, I can't help but notice. I, I believe some of these some of these drivers are getting caught out by some of the some of the greasy corners and the track conditions not being where they they were at this morning. Well, you bring up a great point, and, and the more MX5 Cup racing you watch, the more of that you'll see. We joke at most of our race weekends that are a part of the IndyCar schedule uh, that John Doonan usually gets a pretty hefty bill from the groundskeeping crew at the racetracks we visit because there's so many BF Goodrich tires getting dropped off and picking up ruts all around the racetrack. Not as many grassy areas to worry about here at Sebring International, the old uh, airport runways, uh, but still cars finding any way they can to kick up a little bit of dust and dirt just inside of nine minutes to go. Celine Roland is a driver we haven't talked about yet. He's in the number 87 Soul Red Mazda. And obviously, Oliver, you're familiar with the Soul Red uh, and what it means being a scholarship recipient. Oliver has won that in the past on the open wheel side of things in what was the Mazda Road to Indy. And over here on the Mazda Road to 24, the sports car side of the program, the Soul Red car means the exact same thing. Celine Roland won the driver shootout uh, last I guess it'd be winter, and that awarded him a scholarship fund that would pay for his racing 
here in 2018. Celine put it to good use, capturing the Rookie of the Year after winning the second race in his career at Coda back in March. So he wears that soul red color on his MX-5 Cup car because he is a Mazda Scholarship recipient driver. He picked up $75,000 this year for earning Rookie of the Year honors. And also a fun fact about Celine, when he's not busy driving Mazda race cars on the weekend, uh, he's actually busy selling them as a Mazda dealership employee just up the road in Orlando, Florida. So Celine's here. He's got a lot of family and friends cheering him on this weekend. John Dean, though, the Sebring local, still quickest as we take a look at John Dean's driver and teammate, uh, Nathaniel Sparks, Sparky, as he's known, pushing the 87 of Celine roll on those two co those two teammates right there, working really hard to try to make some headway. The draft, obviously, a big factor in these MX-5 Cup cars. John Dean still quickest. Nico Rieger, after that spin uh, down in turn number seven, still currently holding P2. And then it's going to be Todd Lamb sitting third quick. His teammate from Atlanta Speedworks, Andy Lally, in the 77. Fourth quick, Nathaniel Sparks rounding out the fast five. Brian Henderson, Glenn McGee, the virtual to reality driver, is seventh. Celine Roland is eighth. Thomas Bernacki out of Chicago is ninth. And Brian Ortiz, the driver that hails from Puerto Rico and won the first race of the season, he currently sits tenth quickest in the session. So, Oliver, you talk about it being bumpy. You talk about it being greasy. There's a lot of challenging things here at Sebring International, but sometimes we can focus on the negative. What's the funnest part? What do you enjoy most about driving uh, any type of race car here at this historic venue? I think um, what I enjoy most is, is the mix of all, all different kinds of corners as you see the cars um, bumping over uh, the circuit in turn 17 here, um, going across the start-finish line. I'd say um, turn 1 is, uh, is especially a favorite of mine, um, turning in from the outside wall and then apexing on that inside wall. Um, it's, it's very interesting. It's, it's hard to get wrong. It's extremely... Uh, sorry, it's easy to get wrong, and it's extremely technical. Um, and we also have the, the 14, 15, 16 complex. The S is coming onto the back straightaway. Uh, turn 14, uh, especially the right-hander, is, is one of the, the most greasy corners on the track uh, when, the, when, the, when the circuit starts to get hot. Um, so, yeah, all in all, it's just an extremely fun track to drive. Very old school. Um, and, yeah. Well, you talk about uh, it being warm. You already mentioned it earlier in this session. Yeah, no kidding. I, I flew in from Indianapolis, and I, I was under the assumption that the fall in Florida would be cool. I was very wrong. I think it's been in the 90s uh, in the middle of the day here in Florida. Do you guys uh, enjoy that as locals, or are you like the rest of us and want it to get cool sooner or later? Yeah, we, as a Florida native, uh, I understand we don't really have uh, you don't have a that, fall. That you don't have an autumn. Seasons. No, we, we, don't, we don't have a spring. We don't have a fall. Um, I mean, it's we, we, get a, we get a couple weeks uh, in the winter that's cold, but uh, for the most part, it's very hot. Yeah, I, I was very surprised. You know, we come back in March for the 12 hours, uh, and sometimes it can be a little bit cool. The, the water in the air can kind of cut through you. But, boy, I came here in November expecting it to be a little, maybe a little bit sweater weather-ish, and it is far from it. Uh, it's T-shirt and shorts if you can afford it. Dirt still getting spit up all around the track as drivers in the Battery Tender Global MX-5 Cup know that the session is nearing the end. Four and a half minutes left to play, and with laps taking two and a half minutes, you know we're down to the last lap or two, really, uh, for the majority of the pack. John Dean the second just laying down an even quicker lap, going purple on the timesheets. Two minutes, 29.010 seconds. Nico Rieger has not been knocked off from second place. Todd Lamb, Andy Lally, and Sparky. Still rounding out your fast five drivers making their way through turns 13 and 14 and swinging out way wide, setting up for turn 16. One driver kind of shortcutting the curbing right there. It'll be interesting to see what uh, race control 
has to say about that. And it's always important to note that MX5 Cup Racing benefits greatly from IndyCar sanctioning as well as Anderson promotion, uh, promoting the events and putting them on. So uh, you really get the best of both worlds with a governing body like IndyCar and a promotions body like the folks at Anderson. And that's what MX5 Cup is the marriage of, really. And coming over again from the Mazda Road to Indy, Oliver, you know all too well how good those two parties work together to put on race series. Yeah, you, you can't really get away with much. Um, oh. I, I doubt that driver uh, is going to get that... Um uh, he's, he's probably going to get that lap taken away there from cutting turn 15. Um, but, yeah, it's very interesting here with uh, with, with almost uh, three minutes left to go. These drivers are starting to um, find their place and find that perfect draft, draft for the end of the session. I expect um, most of these drivers to go purple here at the end of the session. Now, uh, something I just saw was someone posted uh, on social media, so you know it has to be true, uh, because it was on the Internet, is... It looks like possibly the forecast showing maybe some scattered thunderstorms coming in late in the afternoon here. Our MX-5 Cup race number one will go green just after the 4 o'clock hour. If this place gets wet, how much more treacherous does it become? And I know that's probably a silly question. Well, anytime any racetrack gets wet, it, it, it becomes exponentially more difficult. But with the bumps, with the flat, with so much concrete around this racetrack, what do you think as a driver, how hard is the difficulty going to become with a little bit of moisture on the track? Yeah, I mean, typically it's going to be all about um, the, the driver who can adapt quickest to the conditions. Um, yeah, an afternoon shower here in Florida is uh, is, um, is very typical, I'd yeah. say, especially in the summertime. Uh, but, yeah, we'll, we'll see. I mean, uh, these BF Goodwrench, Goodwrench tires should be um, very good in both the dry and wet conditions. So, um, yeah, I mean... In, in, in any wet track, I mean, it's very difficult to, to kind of judge the grip, and um, you, you just kind of find yourself in a rhythm and go from there. Well, and I think the grip, of course, isn't obvious, but if to anybody who's watched uh, the 12 hours of Sebring on television, the thing that becomes quite apparent is visibility goes right out the window. And I am not saying that it's any worse here at Sebring than any other racetrack, per se, but it's really difficult to see when the car in front of you is kicking up a spray. So uh, not sure if that's going to come through or not, but we've seen a few reports of some scattered uh, rainstorms later on in the afternoon. Just over a minute and a half to play here in qualifying. And if you look at the board, not much has changed. John Dean the second, he joked, he said, I don't really believe much in home field advantages, but when your shop is four miles down the track and you can roll down and test here, uh, anytime you want, you know, it, it's definitely going to help you a lot more than it hurts you. There's a good look at that number 16 car right there as his teammate and fellow six sideways drivers, Celine Roland in the 87, pulls out of the way. Big pack of cars now coming down the back straightaway from turn 16 to that long right-hander, turn 17. That might be one of the longest corners in racing, turn 17. Uh, drivers spend more time in turn 17 here at Sebring than I spent in class in high school, honestly, Oliver. They spend so much time in that corner, I would get confused where I was. There's a shot of John Dean. He unwinds the steering wheel, sets up for the run down the start-finish line straightaway, and he's going to see less than one minute to go on the clock. Can he improve? Last time by, well, it's been a few laps since John Dean laid down that lap of 2 minutes, 29.010 seconds. No improvement there, but it's very important to mention the number 13 goes P3 with a fast lap of 2 minutes, 29.625. And car number 13 driven by a young man who's only 14 years of age, Robert Nowaker, who won a race this season at the very technical Mid-Ohio sports car course. Nowaker throws down a flyer to go P3. Again, 2 minute 29.625. We've got a pair of 14-year-olds in the field. The other one, Tyler Gonzalez, a kart racer, Oliver, that you and I both know quite well. He's also just laid down his best lap of the session. Tyler in the number 57 making his debut in global MX5 Cup racing. His best lap has just been 
at 2 minute 30.914. So the clock hits zero. An IndyCar chief starter, Paul Blevin, with the checkered flag high above his head as he will signify the end of the time session here. John Dean, the second, just has to make his way around the track one more time and keep that car off the barriers. In fact, he could pull into pit lane right about now. He's got plenty of headway to make sure he secures the pole position. It's up to drivers like Nico Rieger, Robert Noaker, and Todd Lamb to try to best him on this final circuit around the track. But honestly, Oliver, I just don't see it. The field making their way through the final couple of corners here. And Dean on top, clear by over three-tenths of a second, which, as you know, in any kind of racing, but especially in this Global MX-5 Cup racing, that's a big margin. So three-tenths he's clear of with the pole position here in qualifying. Yeah, well, you can't get complacent here. Who, who knows if um, a driver is going to catch the perfect draft or the perfect lap coming to the checkered flag. But, um, yeah, as you said, home field advantage is huge, especially on tracks um, as technical as this with, with the bumps and, and the different kind of corners. Yeah, absolutely. I, I picked up an interesting fact about John. He, he told me uh, his father actually was the PA announcer here at Sebring International Raceway for quite a long time. I think he said something like 20 or 30-some or years. Uh, John was coming here to the races and listening to his dad over the PA uh, leading up to the event each and every March, uh, the 12 hours. So drivers starting to slow down now on the inside of the back straightaway. Some will peel off and hit pit lane. Uh, there's a live look at John Dean in the number 16 as drivers come streaking across the line. Thomas Bernacki as well as the 77 of Andy Lally. See the checkered flag. Brian Ortiz, uh, just to name a few. And there goes John Dean in the number 16. No change at the top. Yuichi Sunumi, one of our drivers from Japan, lays down a great lap. Tsumi Sun goes two minute twenty nine point seven seven two. So Tsumi Sun going P five here at the very end of the session. That's great for one of our two Japanese drivers. Uh, Andy Lally is going to end up sixth. Sparky falls to seventh. Brian Henderson, uh, Glenn McGee, and Brian Ortiz run out your top ten uh, from fifth on up. It's again Tsumi Sun in fifth. Todd Lamb in fourth. P three will be Robert Noaker, the fourteen year old in the front row, sees our champion. Nico Rieger on the outside, and the driver that swept the weekend at Road America, John Dean II, on pole. So all of our qualifying is done. You've just joined us for our first session. You're going to be able to watch race one a little bit later on today. Jeremy, Sean, I will be on the call. Do you have a favorite for the win? Do you have anybody you're watching? It's MX-5 racing. Anything can happen, right? I love it. Anything can happen. I'm really looking forward to seeing this race. As you see John, John Dean cheering out the sunroof there, he uh, actually went purple on his uh, on his last lap. So. Oh, you're very correct. Great note, Oliver. John Dean laying down his best lap on his last lap, a 28.969, clearing him again by nearly four-tenths of a second. So John Dean with an absolute flyer. Again, Oliver Askew, thanks a bunch for joining us. Hope you have a great rest of your day. Here yeah, at thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Thanks for joining us. Good luck next season in whatever deal you're able to put together. Thank but you. that will do it uh, for qualifying here in the Battery Tender Global MX-5 Cup Challenge presented by BF Gooder. John Dean, the second, grabs the pole position as he celebrates on his cool-down lap. Nico Rieger will join him on the outside of row number one. And, folks, we'll be back for race number one of the weekend at 4.05 p.m right here in Sebring, Florida. Thanks for hanging out with us. Race one coming up in just a little while. This program is a Radio Show Limited production. Tell your friends there's more at RadioLeMond.com.